Hey, good morning. Welcome to episode one of Drivecast. Uh, I drive a ton for work, head to schools all over New England. I'm sometimes hopping in the plane at Logan and heading off somewhere to run a, a, a workshop. So I thought I would take advantage of the time, share some ideas, insights, experiences from workshops, and really just get ideas out of my head that I've been thinking about. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this will help somebody. So let's jump into episode one. So one of the workshops um, I've been running a lot lately has been a design thinking workshop. And I think once you get through the general process and you work through the model, whether you're using the D-School model or the awesome um, Deep DT model, um, there's so many different ways to approach the concept. And then there's models that have looping back in them where you might get to the iteration phase or the, the prototyping phase and loop back to you know reconsider the, um, you know, the empathy phase. Um, what's been really helpful is once that model's in place, the, the, the next kind of um, framing of the process that's been really helpful in workshops, and it's a general design challenge approach um, that gives people the stems to develop a design challenge, either for themselves, if they're kind of getting familiar with the design thinking model, or even this, this stem of a design challenge that they could use with their kids. Um, in a classroom. I think ideally, too, you could hand this STEM over to your students and say, this is the beginning framework um, to think about what you could do with design thinking, and I'll try to dive in and explain that and even give a few examples next. So here, here's the STEM that I've been using in design thinking workshops. It is how might we blank for blank by designing blank with blank. So it's almost like a design thinking, design, challenge, Mad Libs kind of activity. So in the first part of that, how might we? You could do something like increase comfort level, um, simplify a process, um, bring happiness, um, increase production, like whatever the idea is that you're trying to do, like the core of what you're trying to do goes in that first blank line. The, the second line, you know, how might we blank for blank? That's the population, the community, the person, the organization, the business that you're doing the work for, that you're designing for, that other that you're kind of working through this process for. The, the third part, design, create, or make, is what is it that your group has actually decided through that design thinking process, through iteration and prototyping, that you're going to actually make. And then the last step, the width, that's kind of like what I think is the most interesting part to this. These are the constraints that you can put on students because of materials, time, resources, or maybe even you want them to get to explore something new. Like you don't want them to go down the same path of using materials or um, make something they're comfortable with. You want them to explore a different resource, a different bit of technology, new materials. So I'll kind of go through it one more time and then give a few examples of what, um, what has happened in workshops recently. How might we blank for blank by designing blank with blank? So here's one example. Um, the, the constraint I wanted to put on the group I was wor uh, recently working with was um, a micro bit, which is this little kind of five by five um, circuit board with uh, five by five of LEDs on the front that you can program to do anything you wanted to do. So the design challenge um, was with that constraint on the back end of with a micro bit. 
So one group, it was two teachers that are thinking about the students they work with in their class as a population. They were going through the empathy phase and thinking about, you know, what is their experience in our classroom when we do group work? Um, what is something that we can do to make them feel more comfortable? Because we, you know, oftentimes sense some level of uncomfort and we want them to feel a little more secure or safe in class when they're working in groups and have a little bit of like group camaraderie and bonding. So that was kind of what they were uh, sensing about the group of kids they work with. They knew, they knew they do lots of kind of like group challenges or group activities and they wanted kids to be able to like track their progress along the way in uh, you know, a fun and interesting way. Um, so, and, and what they settled on and going through lots of different ideas, and this is working through the kind of design thinking process, go to, going through the ideation phase of what could we make to increase students' comfort level in our class, knowing that the constraint is a micro bit, which is this little kind of non-comforting, arbitrary, kind of like sterile five by five LED little board. Um, so what they came up with was how might we increase student comfort level, how might we increase student, uh, excuse me, how might we increase comfort level for students working in small groups by designing digital mascots with micro bit? So I'll go through that again. How might we increase comfort level for students in our class by designing digital mascots with microbit. So what they actually wanted to do was figure out like, okay, we want to make a little digital mascot. So they used this little kind of laser cutter. Uh, they printed out what they decided was going to be a turtle. They printed out the top end of the turtle, the bottom half of the turtle. They programmed their microbit to be able to track kind of correct responses and incorrect responses using the A and B buttons. They were able to pop that micro bit into their like prototype turtle that they designed. And now they have this little digital mascot and a group of students could use that digital mascot, hold on to it as a team. It kind of represents their work. And as they're working through these rotation or small group challenges, they're going to be able to log their kind of results, keep track of how they're doing and kind of have a, a physical manifestation to do that in their digital mascot. So this might be uh, my favorite uh, result of this design challenge STEM and a way to take that design thinking model that people have worked through and then clearly articulate what they're going to try to do. This is a group of three teachers that were, again, working in a design thinking workshop. And the population they were, you know, wanting to design for and work with was the teacher assistants in their class. So... Uh, what they felt was in their interactions with the teacher assistants is their their work they, they have a really challenging job they're often not recognized or rewarded um, in many instances maybe their pay is not like exceptional and no one is really ever um, there's a dynamic often where the teacher assistant won't feel comfortable asking a teacher an administrator um, for help covering something they need done. So often the TAs are the ones covering for the teachers, helping out in a pinch, running to make copies or whatever it is they need to do. And they felt like there's instances where the teacher assistants might need 10 minutes of help or might have a sick child at home and might need to go home a little bit early and need their bus cover, their bus coverage, you know, covered by someone else. So they, they might be hung up in, in one class and they're going to need help um, you know, getting started with the next student. So they wanted to figure out a way to have those teachers' assistants feel like they were being valued, like they could rely on their school community for help. 
but they also wanted it to almost be anonymous in some capacity where the TAs wouldn't have to approach a teacher and say, hey, can you help me out? Can you cover me? Because the dynamic is such that maybe that would create a level of uncomfort. So in that original, that was kind of their, um, uh, that, that early phase, that first phase of, of working through like, what is the core situation? How can we develop some empathy for the teacher assistance? And they're doing this all kind of hypothetically. They didn't have the opportunity in the workshop to go out and talk to them. This is their experience and kind of trying to put, the, put themselves in the shoes of the TAs. So they're going through the kind of, um, the, so they define the problem clearly as like, we want TAs to feel more valued and not feel like they have this um, undue pressure when they have something they need to attend to and they need help. So they went through the ideation phase of, you know, what is it could we design? What could we make? They talked about having this massive gumball machine somewhere in the school, and that would somehow indicate what was going on. And there was like idea after idea after idea. And then one idea that they settled on when they felt like this would be really valuable is, you know, everyone, they, they identified that everyone in the school has a mobile device, teachers and TAs, whether it's an iPad or, or a personal phone that's on the school network. And they're all in the same location. So like, geo-fencing in some capacity, like they're all on the school grounds together. And they thought, what if we made an application? And I didn't put a constraint on them of you and, you know, with application or with mobile device. They kind of came up with this. What if we made an application that would allow TAs to say, uh, you know, they open the app and it's a simple tap of, I'm a TA, I need help right now, or I need coverage, or I need 10 minutes of assistance. And they'd be able to drill down to their location the amount of time they think they need coverage for, make a little note, or maybe a, a generic drop-down of like bus coverage, um, lunch period coverage, whatever it is. That request for help would go out as a notification to every teacher in the building that has the app kind of running on their device, and it would just pop up and say, a TA needs help right now. And if a teacher decided, hey, I can provide some help, and they, or they see, you know, they need help now, they need help in second period, they need help in the lunch period, whatever it is, they go, oh, I can provide some help. And they're able to anonymously, anonymously accept the request for help. The TA gets the notification that help is going to be provided. It's anonymous. And then this is my favorite part. What, they, what the teachers designed in this wanted to do is create like this, um, this ability to measure kindness in their school. So they came up with the idea after many designs that, they would have a heart, a big heart on the middle of the app. And when a teacher agreed to provide help, the heart would get filled up a little bit. Like it would get filled up with a smaller heart or it would, it would have like almost like that paint level idea of a little bit of red would be added to the heart. And they're going through and presenting this to the group and talking about their idea. And I thought like, this is the most brilliant idea ever. Um, you know, this there's even more applications than just TAs and teachers. It could be this geo, this geo-fenced idea for all sorts of organizations of providing kind of anonymous help with the idea of promoting kindness in our building and kindness in our community. Um, I think one of the most interesting part was when we we're, you know, talking to the group about like, hey, would would you have come to this without using the design thinking model or without using this clear stem for what you're going to design? And they said, no way, it would never happen. And that was just a really rewarding experience to see, like, hey, this model works. It holds up. Look at the idea that they were able to develop um, because they worked through the design thinking process.
So we made it through Drivecast episode one. Um, I hope you, if you decided to listen all the way through, that the ideas were valuable to you. I just want to kind of recap that initial idea and then give some credit um, to people that I kind of admire their work in this field. So um, I, I, the, the general idea of this design challenge, how might we for how might we blank for blank by designing blank with blank? Um, I want to give a, a ton of credit to Dan Ryder. I really admire the work, the pictures he's posting on his Instagram account of designs that his, you know, students he's working with are creating, um, and that's been really inspirational. Um, another, and I talked a lot about this kind of design challenge STEM. You know, in the capacity that I talked about using it was teachers working through the design thinking process and then dropping their ideas into the STEM to clearly articulate what they're going to do. Another way to use this, this design kind of like challenge STEM is, you know, teachers could fill it in ahead of time for their kids and say, okay, how might we, um, uh, you know, increase whatever it is or how might we develop or whatever it is they're going to put in that first STEM. They decide the challenge for the kids. They decide the population, if you want to do that, you know, for X population by designing an app, a device. And you can keep this really narrow or open it up. You could say, we're going to design a product, a device, um, a PSA, a podcast. So you could have kids working through this model and say, our target is we're all going to design in the same category or the same field. Or you can leave it open and give them... The, the purpose, give them the community, but let them figure out what it is they're going to design. And then that bottom one of with, that's the one, that kind of variable that could be really helpful if you're going to have kids focus on, you know, a particular bit of technology, resources, or materials, or even kind of product in a way, or leave that open and say, you know what, I'm pulling with off of the bottom. I don't want to provide any constraints. Um, so I think by using this design STEM, it could be really helpful to get started with design thinking. You could give kids the entire mapped out STEM and then have them work through the design thinking process. Or you could have them use it the way I did in a workshop to have people clearly articulate what it is they're actually going to do once they work through maybe, you know, the first half or so of the design thinking process. So again, thanks a lot for listening. Hopefully I can uh, create a, a, you know, Drivecast, Drivecast episode two. Um, I'll publish, publish this, share this out, and uh, hopefully get some feedback and see what people think. Thanks, and let's look forward to episode two.